0: This show is sponsored by
1: Hitler, the Mystery Man, supporting Perverted Podcast.
0: I'm in the mood ah, for love. Come on, Boogie, sing along with me.
1: Simply because you're near me.
0: <laughs> Pre-show banter doesn't really work when there's only one person there. I mean, granted, there's a lot of people in my head, but it's kind of just me. So I think we'll just kick into the show and handle some stuff. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Perverted podcast. Scared that your desires might be strange?
1: Perverted podcast. Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted podcast. Woo! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording live, well, right now in storage. While I handle the the business we have to handle, I am Count Boogie, and uh, this is going to be a a special show. And I say special, that could either be good or bad for some of you, but it's really important that we have this moment together. Because it does involve uh, somebody who has been with this show since the first episode. And uh, that, of course, would be Kathy. Um, Kathy has recorded as we requested. She was really good about uh, giving us some time and recording a message for us. uh, To you, the Perverted Podcast listeners, because she loves you. And I'm just going to go ahead and play it, and then we're going to talk about it. If you're brand new to Perverted Podcast uh, and you have no clue what this is or what we're doing, go ahead, jump a few steps ahead. Sonny's coming in in a little bit, and we're going to have a great talk on sensual kink play. And then uh, who the hell's afterwards? Oh, yeah, Jen. Jen's coming in later on in the show, and we're going to talk about some of her experiences. But for this next 10, 15 minutes, we're going to to talk about Kathy and we're going to talk about Perverted Podcast. And I think it's real important to get us together as a team and on the same track. So, first, let us hear from Kathy.
2: Hi, everyone. It's Kathy. I just wanted to let everybody know how much I miss you and how much I miss recording with Boogie. My weekly recordings with him over the last six and a half years have become in my life such an expected and predictable occurrence that it's strange to suddenly feel like they belong to another life or another time. I'm sitting in my room with the door closed, talking into a mic, but in my mind's eye, I picture you all in your homes, in your cars, during walks or at work, listening to me ramble on as you do the dishes or clean the house or take a shower. It's truly a strange time we live in where I can feel so amazingly close to people I don't even know, where we can connect despite never having met. I know it's my imagination to consider you all friends, but it alters me nonetheless. This show has altered me, and all of you have as well. It's difficult to explain what's happening in my life without going into more detail, but I'm going to try briefly so that you can all understand where I am. In a strange way, I kind of feel like I owe it to you guys. My sister and I, uh, as you all know, are very close, and we have been on similar trajectories in our lives, but only recently realized just how much so when we both hit the same wall in our respective lives. Both instances were traumatic, both were life-changing, and both have necessitated huge changes, some physical and some psychological. While they also differ in many ways, in both respects, these instances were unexpected, we were thus unprepared, and were at the hands of others. The ensuing chaos has resulted in an absolute maelstrom of emotions, shock, tremendous self-doubt, sleepless nights, days and days of crying, and thankfully, therapy. The end result, although it is far from over, is that we've both had to step back from our lives in order to see to our own physical safety, as well as to reassess our lives, how the fuck we allowed ourselves to get to this truly destructive place what our own personal responsibility was and where we want to go from here it's required a tremendous amount of work and attention which is why i've had to pull back from so much my calendar looks so empty compared to how it used to look and still i'm struggling on a daily basis to get everything done that i need to get done in order to get us to a sane and balanced place i'm sorry i can't give you more information but if you knew the details you'd understand why I cannot at this time set aside my grief, my shock, my anger, and my fear in order to pretend everything's okay while I record a podcast. I'm simply not that good an actor. It's at times like these when I'm so grateful to have family with me, small as it is, and more importantly, to have my sister by my side. It hasn't always been that way, But we're both at a time where we realize that, you know, maybe living out the rest of our days as spinster sisters living together, having tea on Sundays and gabbing like old biddies isn't such a bad thing and actually sounds like a pretty good life. I have no doubt that she and I will get through this together, although our lives will never be the same. It's also at times like these when you realize who you can rely on and who you can trust. It's no surprise to me that Boogie, despite all of our differences in our characters and goals, is one of those true friends. I can count on one hand the people I currently feel safe around, and I consider that a really great number. It's more than a lot of people have. I don't really know what the future will hold for me. I only know that for the first time in my life, I have to consciously and determinately make myself the priority in my life. Where that will take me is anyone's guess. I love you guys so much. I miss you, and I hope you can understand. Please take good care of yourselves.
0: Thank you very much, Kathy. Thank you very, very much, Kathy. I'm not exactly sure how to proceed. Of course, you guys know me, that know me. I have 10 pages of notes and so I can try to be coherent. It's very difficult for me to talk by myself because there's so much stuff that's just always swirling in my mind. And part of doing a show with people helps ground me because I can focus on listening to them. And, you know, then I have my notes and, and that's how it kind of works for me. So if this gets a little weird and rambly, um, then just, uh, you know, well, fuck it. This is, this is who I am. And uh, let's go. So 330 episodes plus. Kathy has been here since the first episode. And uh, we've evolved together as communicators. We were both fairly good when we started the show. I think both of us are much better communicators now because that every week we have to we have to really invest ourselves in these topics. And you can't not learn. You can't not learn things. as You read hundreds and hundreds of articles and we've done like, yeah, I don't know, like fifteen hundred fucking segments. You know, you have to grow. And so we grew together and we evolved as shows just as as people who are able to talk and to kind of sense what listeners, you know, are looking for and what things inspire them and entertain. And yeah, half of it sucks, but but in general, you know, a lot of you are still with us. So um, we've done that together. I believe Kathy's work on Perverted Podcast uh, absolutely speaks for itself. Her actions uh, prove to me, and I'm sure to many of you, Without a doubt, that she was invested in you. She was loyal to you. Her and I had some fucking knockdown, scratching, cat fucking dust all in the air fights. We still got on the show and still put our time into you. So the fact that she was willing to do that, even though we've had our problems that we've dealt with and talked through and communicated with you about and found ways to navigate that... She has been so loyal to you, and it's been it's been super amazing to be next to somebody that invests in a listener like she's invested in you. Right now, as you just heard, and some of you have been with us for a while, so you know all the shit with Creative Explorer and everything that's been going on in her life without getting into too many details, this new situation has uh, made her have to say that she has to focus on herself she's invested in you for 330 something weeks and now it's gotten to that point to where she really needs to advocate and invest into herself and her family and i'm i'm sad i'm sad and it hurts and it's and it's disappointing but, I mean, the first thing that kind of slapped me in the face, I mean, I kind of, I know what's going on, so, and I've been, you know, a little closer. We don't talk much during the week, but when there's an emergency, we always have each other's back. That's one thing about Kathy and I, love or hate, whatever. When there's some shit that goes down, we can get on the phone with each other or meet and and give each other love and support because we just have that, um, that level with each other. But... From what you know, we have a show that is dedicated to encouraging people uh, to advocate for themselves. This is going to be sloppy. Sorry, I'm I'm kind of squirrely. But we have a show that's dedicated. I wrote this down. I'll just fucking read it to you. We have a show that is dedicated to encouraging and inspiring people to advocate for themselves and make those hard decisions, even if it disappoints someone. That's what we've done from day one to tell you that you should be able to stand up for yourself, even if it disappoints someone, you know, even if, you know, if you're a bottom and you're afraid you're going to disappoint the top or the top, whatever it is, you deserve to advocate for yourself and to find the best solution for yourself. So because of the six years of saying that and preaching that message, I can't. Do anything other than be supportive of Kathy. I have to. It doesn't fucking matter what I feel or think or, you know, getting scared. Oh, don't leave. Because it would be hypocritical. It would be really hypocritical to not do anything other than tell her I love you. I support you. We got your back. Even if you don't use us. We're here. And that's it. That's the only thing that is right to say. So um, I don't like this. Um, I say I'm excited for new adventures, but I'm not always fucking excited for new adventures. I'm fucking old, man. I'm tired of shit changing because of me most of the time. But sometimes it's external. Sometimes it's pandemics and this and that, you know, all the stuff that went down at shithole. You know, I had a part in that. I made choices that made changes in my life happen. And I have to accept that. But man, sometimes you're like, can we just fucking cruise for a while? But no, that's not what an adventure is. An adventure is change. An adventure is shit happening and situations going different. And then the hero of the adventure has to adapt to it, hopefully in a way that makes it better. So both Kathy and I and you are perverted podcast listeners are in this moment right now together. And we all have to deal with the present right now, the future. Hey, fucking let's see what happens. That's great. But the last few weeks that we've been doing this, um, you've seen, we're still doing a show and, uh, it's still a very similar show just without Kathy. Um, we have guest hosts, we have some that are like Path Girl, has Lady Solaris, you know, uh, you know, of course we have Unger and Enigma and now, um, you know, Sunny is going to be on a little bit later. My Michelle, you know, we're bringing people in. The show works. We're still able to to put out Perverted Podcast and put a show that I think and I hope is still engaging and interesting for you. Now then, that being said, that some of you really, really liked Kathy and some of you really, really, really maybe don't like me that much because of my personality and that I'm very offensive and I'm very obnoxious and and that may rub you the wrong way. At that point, some of you are going to leave. And that's a go in peace, man. Find the show that works for you. If you were hanging on because you want to hear what Kathy has to say, then she's not here. So, uh, peace be with you, man. I don't want to be fucking around this guy either, but I got to live with him because I'm kind of, we're all stuck together here in this, you know, in this skin thing. So that's a lot of ramble. (laughs) Sorry. But to Kathy, if she's muscled through this segment, because she probably has an ego. She's like, I wonder what they said about me. That's not really how she talks. She'll be like, what did you say about me? Which I no longer have to edit. (laughs) Bitch. Uh, Anyway, Kathy, I love you. Perverted podcast. I love you and I'm dedicated to you and uh, change happens and. You just keep rolling with it, you adapt, and that's the adventure. So, without further ado, let's get on to the show. Mm-hmm. Suck on
1: my man nipples, you're gonna get an
0: earful. Coast than and a <laughs> well, hell yeah, Sonny, I need a giant paddle that says sensual play. But are you going to bend over for it?
3: uh i tend to be on the swinging end see that's what i'm saying (laughs) this
1: is bullshit
0: this is some bullshit here because we're top bros now we need a victim that's where the love lab used to be cool Sonny. because you and i could be total top bros but there would always be some victim that we could play with
3: that sounds like a good time (laughs)
0: yeah it was how are you doing Sonny?
3: i'm doing okay Yeah, Um, this is fun to be doing midweek
0: any it's good. It's a nice uh, it's it's breaking up the monotony of the week by getting into perversion is always a good thing to do.
3: Yeah, do something a little fun to mix it up.
0: Mix up. Have you had any uh, playtime since we last
3: talked? Uh, Yes, I have
0: anything good Um, and sexy and fun.
3: Yeah, Um, I actually had some time with my daddy recently. Um, We get about half the week together. So that's pretty nice. Um, details details come on
0: details (laughs) details come on man
3: um our play is a lot of cnc um
0: sensual consensual non-consent
3: yeah and we're both primal so um you know we like to to get into the little bit of like wrestling stuff (laughs)
1: that we just talked about
0: that last week with hunger i
3: know i know i enjoyed that episode that was really fun
0: you're like get me in there (laughs) so do you you when you when you wrestle with your daddy is it pretty much you guys are just like competing for whoever gets on top gets to do the next thing or is it oh i'm gonna let you win eventually
3: I usually go pretty full out, but he does tend to win. He's (laughs) a lot bigger and stronger than I am. Um, and I'm quicker and I'm more flexible. So that helps, you know, so usually we'll, we'll do like a tap system or, um, or something like that, but. I mean, there have been times where I've, like, locked my legs around his head and tried to choke him out. And so he just, like, stands up and my body is hanging from his neck. And that could be, like, a real thing that someone might witness if they were watching a scene.
0: You're like a sunny Um, necklace.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, I try to get control of his head sometimes he cheats and tries to get some ropes (laughs) involved
0: oh my god this is this is very much like Unger and Aki it's just where that size to see then you just got to play dirty you got to go for ribs you got to (laughs) go you got to go for them you know flick the kneecap a little bit not too much because you don't want to dislocate his knee but you want to let him know you know what if you want to play that way I can use my advantages as well.
3: Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, you know, I end up pinned and we <laughs> both enjoy that. We, we know how it's going to end. But if I can give him a run around and it lasts for a while, you know, the longer I can sort of hold him off, the more pride I have in the situation.
0: Ah, uh, that's good, though. But it is fun. And it ends up, do you, so do you guys, after you get all gird, do you get real sexual or, you know, do you just take a shower and get a cupcake or, you know, like, where does this go?
3: Most of my play is usually sexual. So, you know, if we're going to do a pinning scene, it's ending in sexy time.
0: Good um, job. Yeah. Good. Good. Boogie approves. Mmm. Yes. <laughs> I'm such a pig. I am such a pig. I just lived through you this week. Ah, oh, Sonny. Well, that's good. I'm very glad that you had some fun and that you got some crazy time in. So today's topic that we're going to talk about, we've both been very excited about this. And uh, this is something Yay. that you uh, have a lot of experience. I, I think in general, there's no way to really get this whole topic out in one episode. So, of course, just like with anything else, it may be something that we have to break apart into other things. Like maybe this episode, we'll talk about the, the what and why and then get into more examples in another segment. But we are, of course, talking about sensual play and or slash sensual BDSM. (laughs) I don't want to take out the romantic term. You and I had a discussion about that. And and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? So (laughs) just for our listeners, uh, the listeners that know, know, but to our newer listeners, One of the things we're trying to kind of not necessarily get completely away from, but offer people other options in how they describe kink. A lot of people for years and years and years, it was just called BDSM, and it's a kind of a sexy romantic term, but it's also kind of archaic in that it doesn't apply the bondage discipline, sadomasochism, dominant submission doesn't necessarily apply to a lot of types of play that people are into now like role plays and age plays and i mean it does and it doesn't plus there's also some negative connotations to bdsm when new people hear the term bdsm which i have experienced personally speaking in the colleges and doing panels people hear bdsm they're not i'm not into any of that weird bdsm stuff but then if you, but it's true. But then if you ask them, so have you ever like done some scratching or biting in your play with your partner? Well, yeah, duh, I do that. It's just kinky stuff. So you're like, aha, there's a possibility that this term may also have some negative connotations mm-hmm. for people because it's always been in the media described as kind of like a freak show. And it's always, you know, the, the tricks, making the man sniff (laughs) her shoe and shit like that, you know, so, so we try to mix it up and allow for that term because it is a very romantic term. But we also try to keep it towards describing things as kinky, kink play, the kink lifestyle, um, and then BDSM kind of in it. Does that make sense?
3: It does make sense. Okay. Good. I think I, I strive towards authenticity for myself and that is actually something that I engage in often. You know, um those things are still part of my play on a regular basis, but I can see how it It does not apply to a broader audience sometimes.
0: Well, now that we've given this big, I've given this giant fucking annoying dissertation. Let's go (laughs) ahead. It's okay if you refer to it as sensual BDSM because that's what a lot of people have referred to it for years. So we'll just call it sensual play or sensual BDSM, but it's both pretty much the same thing. When we talk about this, I'd like to start with the what. You know, What's the difference Mm -hmm. between sensual play, BDSM, and non sensual BDSM? Is one more with flogging and touching and building and sweetness and feathers? Um, or is the you know, is the non-sensual more disciplined, authoritarian, goal oriented, power exchangey kind of thing? What are your differences? What is sensual BDSM to you, Sonny?
3: Um, so for me, it's not so much about the type of play because I I tend to bring sensual kink, <laughs> sensual play um, to all of my play, regardless of whether it is um, like a really sadistic scene or a really sweet one. Um, for me, that's not what defines it. For me, it's more about it's a sensual scene if you take into account all of your five senses, um, your partner's senses, um, and take control of those things, um, both with giving sensation and um, through deprivation and having a balance there. And so it's sort of mastering all of the senses that makes it sensual BDSM more sensual kink. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> See, I have like a little note for myself to remind myself. To just that yourself,
0: That's <laughs> okay. We'll get through. We'll find the balance. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah. this is really good. So in, in your instance, there's not really a separation of the two. For me, I always considered, um, Pretty much exactly, as you said, where the sensual was about that interaction, controlling the senses, sometimes depriving of the senses in order to build things. But it was always kind of um, even though there was pain and and sadomasochism in sensuality, when I thought of non-sensual play, it was more, you know, role play like disciplinarians, school teacher, students Uh, you know, more DS where there was less contact and more about the dynamic and protocol for me. But you kind of include all of that together for yourself.
3: Yeah, you know, I think because I have um, a lot of different types of play that I like to do and I can see... How there could be a difference no matter what type of play is on the table. Like you could do a really hard capture scene and like some knife play and it could still, even though it's a really hard scene be, you know, or a really darker edgy scene, it could still be really sensual. You know, if my partner runs a blade down my back and I can feel cold metal and they're taking advantage, it might not be cutting or scratching, but you know, they're taking advantage of me noticing that sensation so that I realize what's in their hand and Um, you know, that is, that's sensual.
0: Yes. (laughs) 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 I approve, (laughs) Sonny.
3: Do you need a minute over there?
0: I (laughs) was just, well, that's like one of my jams I talk about all the time. Like one of my favorite ways to fuck is my partner's doggy style. While I'm dragging my blade down their back, and that's like, <laughs> so when you're like, and I'm like, <laughs> ah, ah, blade. On the back. Yes, definitely a sensation. And once again, Mm -hmm. that goes into many levels. You know, the sensations can be very strong sensations or they can absolutely be that fluffy, sensual feather with a blindfold and, you know, you know, dragging the chocolate dipped, you know, like the mainstream (laughs) view, the Fifty Shades of Grey type of. Of kink that can still, uh-huh. that is still a level of intensity. And I, and I want to talk about some of those things, uh, but there is no, there is no right and wrong other than of course, consent negotiation and, and, you know, being a part of the other person's, you know, betterment in a, in a scene, but there are a lot of differences in what you can do sensually. So I wanted to get in cause you're real big on the five senses. So we have touch, mm-hmm. sight, hearing, smell, taste. So, um, let's go one by one through these. So, when we talk about touch, um, obviously temperature, pressure, tickle, pain, interpretation, inspiration, mm-hmm. all these things associate with touch. So, now when you're using touch in your sensual play, how does that work for you?
3: Yeah. And, um, you know, as we go through each of these, um, you know, keep in mind that it's not always giving. Sometimes taking away um, is really what's powerful. Mm. Um, and if you remove one sense or several senses, what you're doing is you're heightening the ones that are remaining, you know. So for touch um you know a lot of people are kind of focused on you know like the business
0: <laughs> <laughs> on the genetics, you know they want to get right to it dicks. like what's
3: going to give me an orgasm can, i just
0: want you to know you can use any language you want here it's you know don't, don't feel <laughs> okay. like you have to...
3: any language i want except for bdsm that really oh identity. dear
1: god really <laughs> god
3: <sighs> i had to tease you a little bit that's um, okay but you know s- seriously um think about the whole body. People have so many erogenous zones, places where they like to be touched or feel sensation, and also places where it might be uncomfortable. And depending on what kind of play you're engaging in, both of those are important. Um, you know, you think about things like temperature, um, about texture, um, even pain. You know, pain is not one thing. It's a spectrum. When you think about pain, you have stingy, you have thuddy, um, you have you know, pain that aches, pain that lasts, pain that burns, um, pain that's acute, it's like a shock and then goes away. Um, It's a whole spectrum. And for me, um, and, you know, when I do um, sensual kinky play, (laughs) um, you know, it's um, pain is just another sensation that you can experiment with. And, you know, when that's not your only focus, when you're not just thinking about touch, because I think that's the first thing people think of when you move away from that and you start to incorporate the other senses, that's when you really get into more sensual um, BDSM territory.
0: Very good. Well, then let's move into some of those. So let's take sight for the next. And and so sight, of course, can be allowing it taking it away it can be different visual effects if you are somebody that is fortunate enough to see first off we'll say that there are there are people that are visually impaired that um they have different ways of approaching this but if you have eyes um you know different colors that you introduce um the environment that you create for your for your partner um different uh different how would i want to put this uh (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's hard when you
0: deal with light because it's like, you know what you see and yeah, then like mood lighting, you know, just you're all like, yeah, like mood lighting. Well, what are some of the things that that you think about when you think of sight and visual inspiration, things that you interpret based on sight, like you show objects yeah. and things that cause you to have a trigger, a feeling, whether good or bad or, or something you're challenged with?
3: You know, the, the stuff on the surface that everybody does without thinking, um, you know, you think about, you see your partner and you think, you know, wow, they're hot, they're attractive. But then you start to influence that. You start to maybe you choose sexy lingerie or um, some fetish gear that has a specific meaning. You are immediately, as soon as your partner sees you, um, starting to set the scene. Um, you know, it's not just about what you're wearing when you have like a lineup of toys. So if I show my partner a lineup of impact toys and they know they're in for a thrashing, right. um, you know, it builds anticipation. Um, or if I take their sight away and they know they're in a room full of toys, but they can't tell which one is in my hand, they're going to have to use their other senses to figure it out. Um, You know, so by giving or taking away, by showing somebody something deliberately um, or deliberately not allowing them to see what's coming, you can make a really big
0: impact. Absolutely. Wonderful. Let's go to hearing. Uh, Hearing, obviously, vibration, low to high, chords, Mm -hmm. which are two sounds that have either a good, bad, or dissonant quality when they are put together, which of course goes to the same thing as site where there's associations. And some of those associations audibly may be different from depending on the environment you're in, like screams in an apartment mean call the police, (laughs) you know, screams in a dungeon mean that's fucking hot. You know, so so there's a lot in that spectrum. And of course, when we talk about music in a play scene or we talk about the sound of a voice or how you use your voice to create a sound of authority or a sound of submission Mm -hmm. or a sound of service. There are so many things that that vibration that goes into your head can create that obviously sound is a big part for a lot of people.
3: Right. I mean, the sound of your partner's voice. You can tell what mood they're in. Sometimes just by the tone of someone's voice, you sort of get a sense of what you're in for.
4: Right.
1: Um,
3: that sort of thing, you know. And if you imagine that maybe uh, maybe you're blindfolded and you can't see um, what's coming, but you hear the sound of an impact implement against your partner's palm or against the floor, um, and you know what's coming because you can hear it, or you hear footsteps approaching, and all of these things tend to build anticipation. Um, maybe you use really loud music to drown out your footsteps so that the person can't tell where you're coming from and add to the element of surprise. Um Or you choose music that conveys a certain mood. Maybe you always play the same kind of music when you're feeling sadistic um, and something different when you're feeling sweet.
0: I love that because that is so true because, I mean, these are all the little tells. And once again, as we're building this, I just keep hearing that this is a building of a relationship. I mean, it's great when you throw all these things on in pickup play. And it's something that's new and exciting. And you really, there's a lot more anticipation and pickup play sometimes mm-hmm. because you have no idea what this other person is capable of or what the bottom is going to give you or, or where they're going to be afraid or respond or whatever. But when you have something that you're building with somebody and you become lovers or you enter into a relationship, all of these plays and all of these tells, just start to add to this giant level of understanding the other person as well as Mm -hmm. how you're going to respond to it and so the engaging of all these different senses this is that that stuff that's so juicy and so primal because it's the unspoken things it's the things that don't necessarily have to do with you know black and white on paper
3: Right. You know, with time, you can start to build associations in somebody's mind. Um, you were joking. You were teasing about like Pavlov and...
0: <laughs> right. The other day. Yeah.
3: Um, you know, but a lot of... And I'm going to use the word BDSM because... You can use it. ...that's so what I'm talking okay. about. We
0: already talked about it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when there's there's classical like training, for example, involved, you know, that's a type of creating association. You know, if you do X, this is the Y response um you know and you think about things it could be anything it could be a flavor um you know maybe when you open a certain kind of wine <laughs> or you're wearing a certain perfume or essential oil um they start to associate that with your mood um And you can start to create anticipation, expectation, that sort of thing. And I think that step one at a beginner sort of level is just to acknowledge all of the senses, start to notice these things. And then as you get more advanced, to take control of them, you know, for sort of scene development. And then, you know, eventually you get to total mind fucking, (laughs) (laughs) which is really (laughs) awesome because sensual BDSM is a a mind-body spirit. Um, spirit experience.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, you already started touching on smells, um, which are very influential. I mean, because we have so many things that we associate uh, with smell, you know, from holidays to uh, certain vacation spots that we go to, um, you know, moods, family, you know, different things like we're, you know, obviously smells are very important to the human animal because, you know, we decide this smells good, so maybe it won't kill me. And this doesn't smell good, so maybe you know, maybe I should stay away from that. And I love how you just clicked on, and we'll get into this in some of the why, that you can, part of sensual play is that you can fuck with that ideology, that, that idea that somebody has in their head. You can now take it and break that. And, uh, and that becomes fun, too. We'll talk about that in the middle. So I guess the last one would be taste, which of course, Uh, can be both good or bad most of the times uh, when I incorporate flavors into my sensual play. um, It's a lot of reward base, like mm-hmm. when you're trying to change a behavior or help someone deprogram a negative mm-hmm. with a positive. You're not washing
3: anybody's mouth out with
1: soap.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not saying that doesn't happen. That that that's a different kind of scene, though. But uh, what in general <laughs> happens with my? Because I've had that. Is I remember my mom used. I remember my mom was a little abusive, and she washed my mouth out with a fucking steel wool SOS pad, and I spit blood for a few hours. So I'm I'm a oh. little. There's some things that I'm like, yeah, maybe uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Partners without a lot of negotiation, Um, because those things can be a little crazy. But on the nicer end, I like using like special treats that uh, that kind of reward for different behaviors. And and then it's like a little celebration, because, I mean, we understand a lot of that. um, Some of us from child rearing. You know, the parent wants you to ask, good, look, just fucking don't fuck with me and I'll buy you your dumb ice cream cone, you know? And so that was like, so the taste of that ice cream is kind of like a little victory for you. You know, you're like, "Uh, I did good. You know, this is, this, this flavor means I fucking owned it. I (laughs) did, you know, I owned it or I manipulated for it either way. You know, it depends on, depends on where you're coming from with that.
3: Yeah, or you can create associations, you know, like maybe you get a lollipop along with Spanx. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> you know? Yes. And
3: then every time you want to eat one of those until the end of time, you think about your ass being thrashed. Um with hypnoplay, um taste is is often um incorporated and it can be really fun. Um, I happen to have orgasms when I eat chocolate frosting or chocolate donuts, um, nice. because that association was, was formed during hypnoply. And even when I'm not in a state of trance, you know, I might not have an orgasm. Like if I'm having a, you know, a donut at an office party, but like that little, like impulse, that twinge is there, <laughs> that reminder, um, like maybe I better have the jelly one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Can I squeak this one out at the desk? Just kind of close my eyes and say, I just like donuts. All right. Leave me alone. (laughs) Okay. Maybe that's not appropriate. I'm sorry. Everything (laughs) in my world is about that scene in the Matrix where the Merovingian creates the perfect uh, bite uh, for that dessert. And then the hot woman eats it and then it shows her body reacting to it and it goes straight to her pussy and her clit. And she explodes in an (laughs) orgasm from eating the bite of thing. That to me is one of the first mainstream sensual plays that I thought you guys get it. You guys Mm -hmm. get it. Sorry. If you haven't seen the matrix (laughs) and you live under a rock, I'm old. What do you want? It's funny to think I'm old for seeing the matrix, but, uh, but god damn it, that was a good scene. Sorry, what were we talking about? Sensual play. Okay, great. Let's move in.
3: <laughs> Cupcakes. Cupcakes.
0: Um,
3: chocolate frosting. No, but I mean, you know, whether it's a scent, um, you know, in your animal brain, you are going to have triggers that are associated with scent. It's very nostalgic. It's going to trigger memories. Um, And when you start to use scent and use taste and the other senses to create memories and to create associations, um, that's when you start to have control. Um, And that kind of leads into the why a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you want to have more control, you want to have a deeper connection. Um, You want to have hotter scenes where you're you tuning out the rest of the world and you're hundred percent focused on what's happening in the play space. You know, if something is making an obnoxious noise in the background, um, it's going to be distracting.
0: Right. Or if it's the distract, once again, when we talk about retraining, like somebody like me and, and you hear this a lot in like comedy training, when they tell you to learn to overcome these sounds in, in a lot of meditation, um, to ignore because there's always going to be distractions in the world there's always going to be loud cars and loud this and you know chirping fucking bird this and part of your training can also be to learn how to push those sounds out and to just Mm -hmm. let them be kind of just a part of the working universe so that it doesn't actually get to the point to where it annoys you um But you can just accept that those noises are there. And I've done a lot of this practice in the dungeon when people are like, I hate this music or or this, you know, these people are annoying or I know this is going Mm -hmm. on or somebody's making weird noises in the, you know, because it happens. Everyone has their (laughs) own noises. It doesn't mean we have to fucking like all of them. We had snarf snarf in there that sounded like some cat was being raped and it was it was like literally <laughs> literally cleared the whole room like on um, more than they had to finally talk to this person and say look we love you but these the sounds you're screaming at the top of your lungs and it's it's there's other people playing which is a whole dungeon etiquette segment that that we haven't dealt with in a while but, right. <laughs> but it is part of the process and when you get into the why's Of this sensual BDSM, like a lot of the things you say, sometimes it is, you know, just for that sensation and that connection with your partner. But sometimes dealing with those five senses is a really great tool to deprogram negative things that have happened to you. Mm-hmm. and i think it's really important that we understand that those tools are there and once again you know we we talk about it all the time we're not this isn't trained therapy you know we give ideas for people to try things of course if you're really fucked up in the head you know try to find <laughs> a quality quality therapist i'm not a therapist i am a god but i'm just not um a professional god uh, so So get therapy if you need it, but, um, but it is possible to reprogram some of these negative experiences you've had in your life with these sensations, like just like the Pavlov's dog thing you were talking about.
3: Right. And, um, you know, I am a person with PTSD, um, and, um, I do some work, I'll just say in very general terms, with other people who have PTSD. Right. Um, and one of the things that we talk about is when you're having this sort of out-of-body experience, you're dissociating, you're floating, um, instead of going down that sort of negative rabbit hole, you can ground yourself and reconnect to your body and reconnect to what's going on around you by holding on to something really cold, like a piece of ice um, or a textured object and focus on that sensation. Um, so, you know, regardless of where you're coming from, um, sensual BDSM can be a really great way to sort of reconnect with your body, to stay present in the moment, to connect to your partner. Um, and I I really think it's something that is for everybody.
0: Absolutely. And, and just on the fact that there are certain needs that we have that we've been maybe programmed because of, our external circumstances and pandemics and jobs and not being in relationships and moving away, that there are still certain things that you need and touch (laughs) happens to be on that list. You know, we need to Mm -hmm. be touched. Like this last couple of years for me has been wildly odd and distant to where things have changed in me mentally Because I've had so little touch. Like literally I had one play scene at the dungeon, uh, a month ago. And before that it was, uh, July that I actually had, Mm -hmm. um, something. And then I don't touch people. I don't shake hands. I don't hug people. I'm very, very distant. So there you start to get a little weird after a while. And you think you're going on and, oh, you got the kids and the job and, and all of these mm-hmm. things. But these are things that, that are built in to our humanness, if that's even a word. Is humanness a word?
3: <laughs> humanity.
0: Oh, humanity. <laughs> I don't know. I think humanness is cuter. Whatever. So humanity it's
3: people stuff,
0: <laughs> it's people see that I even like even better. That's the winner. God damn it, Sonny. But it, it, these are things that are communication tools that you can work with your partners that just can have so many lovely, empowering memories that you can build with somebody and i just oh man there's so much to talk about (laughs) the next time we the the next time we talk about this we'll get into maybe some practical play scenes like setting up a place says sensual bdsm kink play scene Mm -hmm. and and get people but i think there's so much that we talked about that surely our listeners can reevaluate the types of play that they do with their partners to focus on those senses. Cause maybe you've got away from it. You get into a pattern and then you're just like, especially if you've been married for a while or in a long-term relationship, and then you kind of just go for what works or you only have 10 minutes. So let me just stick it in and we'll, you know, both nut and move on with our life. But there is such an amount of power that you can get from that Mm -hmm. sensual play and that touch and that connection and all of those sensations and exploring those senses that it's kind of like an investment into a better life.
3: Yeah. And I I think you can take it to other things, you know, for me, drinking a glass of wine is a sensual experience, taking a bubble bath. um, It's not always about kinky play. I think that sensual awareness just leads to, Um, really, you know, a richer and uh, more fulfilling life in general, Um, taking notice of these things. It's a lot more pleasant when you have control over them.
0: I agree. Sunny, once again, an amazing time talking with you. I love so much of your brain. I would like to explore (laughs) more of your brain with our listeners if you're okay with that.
3: Yes, I'm happy to. And then, I would like, clap, but that would probably make weird noises on the
0: just, microphone. You you can clap. Just, you know, clap, you know, from, out like, away yes. from the, Yeah, see, this works. <laughs> I'll throw a cheering effect in. We do that at the end of the show because there's nobody to
1: actually cheer. I know. So fucking
0: <laughs> Okay. That's all right. Sunny... If people want to go and check out your literature, once again, you are an erotic author. Where would people go to find your literature?
3: Yes. Um, you can find um, the books on Amazon or you can check out my website, SunnyLeMain.com. I often send out free erotica if you're on the email list. Um, and I post updates about um, stuff that I've got going on. Like the, um, I'm publishing some short stories in Kink Weekly right now. Um, and all that information will
0: be on my website. Fantastic. Well, we'll talk to you on the next time, Sunny. Okay, I can't wait. In the Victorian era, if you wanted to sell an old horse, you'd shave a piece of ginger root and shove it right up its arse. The horse would jump around and you'd say, Oh, that horse is lively. What if I put it up my own bum? Oh,
1: Oh, that's spicy! Ah!"
0: podcast listener segue oh yeah yeah jen put put the mic closer to your mouth oh yeah that's good now <laughs>
1: now say hi everybody
4: hi everybody oh that's so <laughs> sultry it's my boogie impersonation it's <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: that's better than i could ever
0: do Oh my goodness,
4: Jen! How are you? I'm good. Life is busy.
0: It 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 is good, and apparently your your neighbors are having some sort of fiesta animal sacrifice thing. We, I can't hear them, but you say Thank they're. Thank God. You, <laughs> is it happy conversations or just annoying? We don't know how to pick up a phone and talk to the other part of the. Oh building. no!
4: It's yelling and cursing conversation
0: oh that's wonderful
4: well you know maybe some people are you know they're just passionate about their sports or something oh no 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 it's mother to daughter and it's very angry
0: oh (laughs) Oh. we're looking to move teenage angst i love it Oh no no no
4: no 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 it's like grandma and adult daughter with their own kids kind of thing. Yeah, let me just keep on correcting. Like it's oh, it gets it's all worse. kinds of yeah yeah. It gets worse and worse. Mm-hmm. It's midlife crisis yelling. Oh, it's it's bad. Which is one reason why we're moving. I
0: haven't talked to you in so long. So for I think this is the first time you've ever been on Perverted Podcast. This would be correct. Oh my goodness. I have known you for quite a, a minute. million years, a no. billion, <laughs> trillion years. We've gone back in time. We've jumped timelines in alternate universes. We've had no, that's Rick and Morty. I'm sorry. I thought that was you. And oh, me. See, I was
4: thinking legends,
0: but okay. Legend. We'll oh, wow. Okay. See, you went up a notch. You went up a notch for me. So for our perverted podcast listeners, could you maybe tell a little bit about yourself? Cause you got a lot of stuff that you does.
4: Well, do you want me to list everything or just... No, just the general. <laughs> I mean,
0: yes, by all means, give us your war and peace fucking biography. Oh, God. Yes, the general.
4: So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And since about, I'd say for the last eight, nine years, um, I have taken that license into private practice within the scene, specializing in kink, power exchange, non-monogamy, etc. cetera. So,
0: etc. Yeah. And if people want to, because it says right here, it says plug Jen oh, right here. Well, I don't plug, know if I said that. Plug. <laughs> well, that's what it says on my paper, Jen.
4: Of course it does.
0: I'm all plug Jen. So, if people want to plug, no, I want to plug Jen. Well, I've yeah. always, there has always been a sort of grr. At least on my half. I don't know. <laughs> but I've always been hot for plugging Jen. I don't know if it's ever How about been. I
4: plug myself? Is that oh,
0: okay, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. How do people get a hold of you?
4: <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, so my website is akinkshrink.com. That's one place where you, if you sign up for my newsletter, that's a really easy like, all-in-one place where you get one email a month that gives you all the things.
0: Well, fantastic. Now that we have plugged you, you were nice enough to fill out the questionnaire uh, that we put yes, out to the people. For a second
4: time, because I screwed it up the first time.
0: Well, the first time was great. <laughs> the first Because the questionnaire, for those of you that don't know in Perverted Podcast Land, the questionnaire is a thing that makes it easier for people to come on the show because it taught you talk about your experiences. So it has all the little questions. And we talk about it all the time on the show, and we have people on. And so Jen, uh. because she's so efficient... I'm gonna and busy, say,
4: honestly. And I just... honestly, busy. I
0: send her the questionnaire, and it's like, it's like, uh, you know, have you ever had a scene that was hot and fun and and cool and you know whatever and whatever? And she literally just puts down yes. yes. And I'm like, okay, it's a lot of information for me to work with. Next, she goes down. The, have you ever had an outing situation where you've been outed or you know whatever? And then she puts
4: yes.
1: yes.
0: And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good interview. Oh God! <laughs> feel pretty turned on I'm, by this. I'm, I'm sitting much better. There
1: with
4: my <laughs> I'm much better talking than typing. I just have to say, but honestly, as soon as I hit send, I was like, you know, it occurs to me maybe that uh, maybe even though the boxes were small, it was an expectation to fill out some more information.
1: <laughs> well, the good news
0: is, is uh, all of our listeners can email us at preferredpodcast at gmail dot com oh. and now know that you can put more. Than just uh, yes or no. It's never happened before, so I think it's good to address it. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm the first one
4: to screw that up. That's awesome.
0: You're a fucking, (laughs) you're a pioneer, Jen, is what you are. (laughs) You're a trendsetter and a trailblazer, and that's why I want to plug you. (laughs) So here we go. So let's start with the, because this is funny because it's dynamically a different angle on outing uh, somebody. So why don't you go ahead and tell us uh, that story first?
4: Oh, the outing bit? Um, Okay, so I started teaching a BDSM 101 class series every Monday night, and I did that for about eight and a half years. I just recently stopped with the idea of filming the classes and getting them up online because I needed more time to do a couple of other projects that have expanded. No pun. Um, And so eight and a half years ago or so, I started this series, and I was getting ready to do my very first class ever. Um, and looking back, it was pretty funny because, you know, eight years later I show up in regular like clothes that I would normally wear for like a therapy session. Right. Um, looking back, I was like, okay, I'm going to teach One On 101 class. So I'm going to like curl my hair and wear a corset I and remember. like all the things.
0: <laughs> I think I went to a couple of those. Uh,
4: and then eventually I was like, oh, fuck this. Like this. <laughs> much work oh so there i am very first class so of course you know i'm nervous i'm you know getting ready for this thing at the time i think i was teaching from the stage which is just ridiculous to me now um and so i'm i'm standing in front of the stage just kind of waiting for people to come in for my very first class and in walks this man and i'm not going to use any real names but sure. in walks this man and i'm like god he looks familiar he really looks familiar and it finally because my dory brain right my right. memory is is for shit so i'm sitting there and i'm figuring it out and it dawns on me that this man is the older brother of one of my Close friends from high school who I'd <laughs> lost touch with over the years. Okay, and I knew him in high school because, like, when all of us friends went, we would go to his house, and so the brother would be there. They like we all did prom together, and the brother was like served us, like to make our experience fun, right? That kind of stuff. Right. So it was almost like you know a, a family friend. I felt like I was. Um so it finally dawns on me and I was like, oh shit, no clue that, and, you know, that he was anything into this kind of stuff. I just, I walked up to him and I think it was after the class was over maybe, or maybe before, I don't remember that piece, but I just walked up to him and, and I said, do you by any chance have a brother named? And he was like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Totally shocked. I was like, oh, I'm Jen, which he would know me as Jenny. Nobody else is allowed to call me that, by the way. I'm Just, not, there are, there are certain people grandfathered into that who I knew in high school. <laughs> anyway, so I said, yeah, because I realized that how I looked at that time versus how I looked in high school. I dyed my hair red, which is still the same color to this day. Sure. My hair was curly, which naturally it's the straightest thing about me. Sure and he probably wearing a corset right like the whole 9 yards so i tell him who i am he's like oh my god
0: <laughs>
4: you could have got away with it even oh but I, I was like i was i was so shocked and i was like i was happy to see him too cuz i had like i mentioned i had i had lost uh contact with his brother who had been my friend it was a misunderstandings kind of thing right um and uh, so, yeah, we were both just kind of like, well, okay, then, you know, we're both obviously here. I'm the fucking teacher, right? See, yeah, that's the <laughs> angle. Like, there's no <laughs> escape from that. There's right? no bull- you can't
0: like be like, well, you know, I just uh, graduated uh, marriage <laughs> counselor, and uh, I have clients. Yeah, I'm here are, with
4: my friend who dragged I, me. I, I am yeah.
0: here. I have to do research. Oh, God, can you believe where you wind up as a therapist? <laughs> There's right? no, motherfucker. Nope. You're the nope. teacher. <laughs> there
1: is no escape for Jen. Exactly,
4: exactly, exactly. So we kind of chuckled and, uh, you know, exchanged bet handles. And, uh, you know, he he was surprised that I'd lost touch with his brother. And so he said, hey, like. I think he'd like, if you know, you reached out. And so I did. And we're now back. Like no time has, has left, uh, or no time was, you know, missed. Um, and yeah, uh, it's, I still see him to this day now that I'm reconnected with his brother. Um, you know, I'll occasionally see, you know, him and his wife and stuff at family.
0: That is fantastic. Now then, yeah. this is a wonderful, happy, ha 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 ha, you know, it all worked out for the best ending. And that's wonderful because you are, at, you know, pretty much out and you are in the community and you are a known teacher of, of these things. Right. So that's wonderful that you can meet that and have the haha moment. But obviously for some people that would be a potentially devastating experience. And
4: Oh, absolutely.
0: And yeah. so if, like, how would you prepare somebody if you were going to talk to a new person? Because this is the angle I I wanted to go, is being prepared for that kind of situation. Because it does happen. And it happens pretty frequently, actually.
2: Mm-hmm. If
0: you've been in mm-hmm. the lifestyle for more than a second, then, you know, you have probably bumped into somebody you knew at some point. Because, you know, 11% of people are kinky or curious or, you know, whatever the statistic is, It's it's definitely more then one or two
4: and the rest of them just haven't figured it out yet so that's
0: yeah. exactly it <laughs> just change that's why i hate the term bdsm because it's like if you take that term out of it and you just say yeah, everyone's like oh yeah well of course a little hair pulling and scratching who doesn't like that you're, mm-hmm. you're all kinky so if somebody was new and they were yep. terrified of this how would you tell them to prepare
4: i mean the first thing i say is look the other person's there too Right. Right. So, you know, it, it, to keep that in mind, it's not like you've been put in a spotlight and they're, you know, at home watching the show and they realize that you're like, they're there too. Right.
1: <laughs> so, they're guilty. You know?
4: Yeah. Like you're both in the same. So I would say, you know, on the one hand, like <laughs> I've seen situations where most of the time, People, depending on what the relationship is out in the main, you know, mainstream world, I've seen situations where it's kind of like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. And they like, you know, just go full throttle and introduce to their friends. And, and it's this great, you know, thing. Worst case, I'd say, is, you know, saying, OK, so like I've seen you, you've seen me. Let's just not talk about this uh, outside this room. That'd be great. Thanks. Bye. You know, Um you know, there's there's such a huge uh, expectation, I guess, within the community to not out people. And when people do start outing someone, like, not if there's been some illegal activity, but, like, just to be a shitty person right. um, or, you know, to be, you know, vindictive or whatever, that is hugely frowned upon. And that person who's done the outing um, is likely to you know, uh, get the pitchforks, so to speak. Um, sure,
1: sure.
4: and so, you know, I, I just try to kind of put that perspective for people that, you know, I really don't see that worst case very often. Uh, it's usually the opposite. And honestly, it's because both of you are in the same place. So what are they going to say? Right. Like- I mean,
0: there, there is the, <laughs> the situation where and once again, I, I like playing devil's advocate and going to worst case scenario because I think people yeah. should have that conversation with themselves to be risk to be more risk aware.
4: Well, yes, yeah. I mean their own your own risk profile is important, right? Um, you know, if your job is dependent, you know or, or could be in crossfire because of this, uh, you know or family or whatever, I am very lucky in that I can be out, um, you know, the only people in my life, um, who I'm not a hundred percent out to, of course, are my children. Um, but there's even a little bit of oops outing there, but we'll we'll get to that, uh, next segment, (laughs) but, um, but I, I know that I'm lucky in that. My parents, everybody, you know, everybody kind of knows all the things. Um, but, you know, for other people, if job or family or things like that are, are, you know, on the wire, you do have to decide like, what do you need to do? What do you need to put into place to feel safe, you know?
0: Absolutely. Um, I mean, people can wear a mask. I mean, I, I mean, it'd be, I mean, now everyone wears a mask um, because well, you know, it's this, but in a sense, a lot of people, I think, feel comfortable that are worried about being outed. They're like, well, I'm just trying to be safe, you know, <laughs> COVID. Uh, so, but I remember on a number of occasions, there were certain people that came into the dungeon that they wore like an opera mask kind of thing. Mm -hmm. and and that is absolutely acceptable if you're going to go in public and you know that you have something to lose there is no shame in protecting yourself
4: oh for sure there is
0: absolutely no shame and even if it comes to the point and i've had people that came in and and all of a sudden saw someone they knew and they said i'm gonna lose my fucking job and they were gone and they kept it They went back to online where they have a fake avatar and and no one can see who they are. So they were still able to get the education from online and be in the groups and have some sort of a community. But they just didn't want to risk being outed in public because, like you said, most of the time it's actually pretty like, well, you're here. I'm here. okay, let's just shut up about it. But there are those times where you can feel like now that person has one up on me because I have more to lose than they do. And that's, a, right. that, that's not a fun way to explore your sexuality. So I think, it's a, I think it's a great story and a good time to touch on that, that whatever, just like you said, whatever your limit meter is, that is okay for you. You have to protect yourself.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So now let's go on to some stuff here that you want to talk about. Ah, I got my <laughs> notes here. Oh no, I
4: don't. So
1: okay. Go. Well, that's good.
0: <laughs> you had talked about a play scene with somebody that I also know uh, fairly well, who's a, a, a kind of a big educator, long-term legendary uh, player person.
4: And yeah, I you wasn't going to some... name any names. Huh? <laughs> I said I wasn't going to name any names. Yeah, so. yeah,
0: yeah. Me neither, because <laughs> I didn't know if you had got permission. I mean, they're 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 a public speaker, but still. Once again, if we don't yeah. ask, it's better to just yeah. just say uh, you know, Fred. They're all Fred, great- you and Fred with tits, <laughs> tits, Fred, that's,
1: that's, oh no.
0: that's the new name. And no. the next time you talk to that person, go, Hey, we talked about you on the podcast, but don't worry. We just referred to you as tits, Fred. Yeah. That's a great one because that's, I'm sure they'll, they will take that name onto themselves. Tits, Fred, never thought, Hey, it's all about transitions. But anyway, this was, you were actually, um, a pro switch for a while.
4: Yes. Now, can For about ex- a year and a half.
0: Okay. Now, can you explain a little bit about that?
4: Uh, yeah. So a couple of years after being sort of in the scene, going to classes, learning, dating, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> it's actually a funny story to tell you about this because I forgot. Uh, I had a friend who said, hey, uh, I want to go and apply to be a pro. Will you come with me? Because I'm nervous. <laughs> I was like, sure, because I'm a nice friend. Uh, and so we both went in, um, and I was like, you know, all right, you know, I'll just, I'll just apply whatever. I went into the room with her at the same time and we both applied essentially. Um, and we were both offered to come back and, and start. Uh, so I went in for my first day. I was like, okay, you know, fuck, <laughs> I guess this was meant to be. So, uh, and this was actually starting as a pro sub. I wasn't right. a switch yet. Uh, so I went in and, uh, she never fucking showed up. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so that happened. Uh, so I stumbled into being a pro for about a year and a half, um, started, like I said, as a pro sub and then was like, you know, uh, I have more opportunity to get more clients if I'm a pro switch, um. So let's do that. And fortunately, uh, from day one, I had gone to classes, even though I identified as an S-type, learning the top side. So I actually went into this already having a bunch of topping skills. And so it was easy for me to sort of transition to being a pro switch. Um, And it was about a a year and a half. And then once I decided to uh, reopen my private practice and teaching, then I transitioned over and stopped doing the pro work.
0: That is... uh... That is wonderful. And we've talked about pro doming and, and on the show before and, and how the benefit, obviously, of that for the client is if they're not either have the time to commit to uh, cultivating a relationship with somebody, you know, be, or they're in school or, or whatever, their life is so busy. They don't, you know, they just want the experience and they want somebody who actually knows what they're doing yeah. and then they don't. So there's a lot of benefits to that. Um now then of course just to go back to the to the stuff this wasn't this I don't know if it was or not. I'm I'm assuming cuz I know the place that they don't allow sexual contact pretty much. Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. so this There's was this was just when when you were performing these things it was it was uh you know a lot of impact play and different role plays and things like that.
4: Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
0: Very good. And once again, I'm a big supporter of that. Of course, your career lasted a lot longer than my pro career. <laughs> and I'm just saying that cuz you <laughs> you're a little bit uh I mean just a titch hotter than me. I mean
4: uh, my boobs are better. So Not
0: that. not for long. Not uh, oh. I've improved. I have definitely oh,
4: okay.
0: I've definitely, you know, <laughs> with age. With age and a little breast pumping, I think uh, a couple more years and I'm going to catch up to you.
4: All and right, get then, some cleavage going, and then
0: we're just going to whack them together. That is an awful, oh, awful visual. That is not, literally. No. Sometimes you just I gotta do,
4: go. <laughs> like,
0: just uh, do you have a waste paper basket next to you or something? You can just there's
4: a box. There's okay, a box. just I can just sure. hurl and let's yeah. get back to it. Yeah, um, I out? have
0: no idea what I was. Oh, I was talking about my prodom experience. <laughs> So you were doing a double scene where you and another pro were uh were you co bottoming or was one of you topping and the other bottoming or where was the client in all this, or did they just yeah. watch
4: there was a client- yeah no um <laughs> I'll set the scene so this was a client, so uh the other the pro dom was hired as a pro dom, and I was hired as a pro switch okay and the funny thing about this session was that pretty much we both ended up switching because of the role play involved. Wow. Um, the client that we had, their main fetish, their main kink was role play. So the sessions, because uh, we did multiple of these with the same client uh, throughout our time working together, and <clears throat> they would last usually five, six hours. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there were breaks involved, you know, Um, (laughs) this, but it was very much about the role play aspect. Um, And the scenario for this session in particular was that all three of us were bank robbers working together. (laughs) But after the robbery, one at a time, we all three turned on each other to get the money.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) This
4: is like
0: real shit. This is real. This is good. Go, go. Okay. I got my little hat on backwards. Now I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is good.
4: Yeah. Stories with Jen. Um, so I, <laughs> there was a lot to this session, obviously, uh, which I, I don't even remember like the entire five, six hours, but there was one particular part of the session that is forever in my brain. Um, Because at the time, you know, again, pro switch, only in the scene, let's say by then uh, four years, maybe the pro dom is somebody like you mentioned, who very well known, very well respected, like I was like, bow down to you, right? And at one point during the session, myself and the client, it was our turn to turn on her. Right. And so this part of it was meant for him to saran wrap her to the bench that she'd fallen asleep on.
1: <laughs> God, I love this shit. This is great.
4: <laughs> now the funny part about this is that I knew that you would need to wrap the saran wrap a lot to actually use it to to bind her, yes. right? She at was least,
0: also she's at least a couple layers. She's not a oh, wimp.
4: She yeah she's strong as fuck. Are you kidding me? Yes. Like I knew I was like no we gotta wrap that shit tight. Um, <laughs> but he he didn't listen and he wrapped <laughs> not enough. Uh, <laughs> let's just say that. Um, and so as she and you have to remember it was scripted to a point, right? right. So <clears throat> we knew the basics, but a lot of it was just kind of going with it and and free form. So. Uh, she starts getting out of this round, which I knew would happen. Yes. Um, So I jump on top of her (laughs) to try to hold her down, which keep in mind. Okay. Think about like, I I don't know how to describe the nerves going through me, having to really just stay in the role because on the inside, I'm going, Oh my fucking God, I am pinning. So and so. Right. This is insane. Fred Tits um, is gonna kick
0: my ass later. <laughs> right? <laughs>
4: I only know I'm safe because it's part of the session. Right. So I jump on top of her and trying to hold her down. So she's, you know, acting like she's struggling because she's clearly stronger than I am. Right. She's acting like she's struggling, and all of a sudden spits directly up into my face. <laughs> and I was like, dirty pool i, 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 <laughs> I literally dirty pool. <laughs> <laughs> i literally i actually had to pause for a second because two things happened simultaneously in my brain <laughs> on the one hand my brain went holy shit somebody just spit in my face this is not something i'm into okay and
0: on the other hand on the other
4: hand this particular person who I like fucking worship just spit in my fucking face. <laughs> like, <laughs> I literally a result, had, to you, pause. had a, you had another
0: liquid that spit back at her, but it wasn't from your mouth.
4: No, no, no. But I did pause for a second and have to gain my composure for a minute, um, and then I pretty much made sure that she, quote unquote, you know, wrestled me off and got away right. um, <laughs> because I was like oh my god and I think right after that was actually a scheduled time for us to take a break
1: Right, um,
4: so <laughs> we had a really good laugh about it um, and you know she was telling the client like yeah you should have listened to her you should have rapped me you more, rapped times. Me more.
0: <laughs> This ain't my first saran wrapping.
4: Oh man. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have a lot of stories from working with her, um, particularly with this with this specific client, um, but that was one that will always stand out for that sure. I
0: can fucking... <laughs> And the the thing is is we both know the person we're talking about. Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, there's nothing <laughs> nothing's like, yeah, dirty pool, she was she 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 will make work what needs to make work. Yep that yep. was good and then of course it being hot and you're like you know so we're taking this break uh you know fred tits and
4: i just could you help me in the the other room maybe just a, oh no just a thing I would not just, be professional just a fuck
1: professional it's, well it's your break
4: <laughs> well it's like we would take like literally five minute breaks to gr- drink some water and just check in if we had to but that was it it wasn't long breaks whatever so we'd we'd go five six (laughs) hours plug jen (laughs) plug (laughs) jen sorry yeah that is a
0: magnificent (laughs) story and so much fun and and jen it was absolutely fun to talk to you and and i'm surely hoping you had a good time and that you'd be willing to come back and maybe we could get into some other topics that uh, that you talk about in your classes and stuff once again if anyone wants to get a hold of you where do they go
4: a kink is my website and you can sign up for my, not everything is on my website, but if you sign up for the newsletter, you will get everything. Um, and including the link to our YouTube channel, which is myself and my submissive Eden, uh, which is K is for kinky JT.
0: Fantastic. Jen yeah. always, uh, it's been a long time. It really has been. And, and, uh, it'd be great to hang out with you. At some time in the future when all this crazy, crazy gets uh, a little stabilized, but we I love you. It's like, and... get out
4: of this apartment. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> you never loved me
1: while you never gave me a reason to. You weren't good enough.
0: You're like, I am a marriage and family crisis uh, counselor. And if you guys want to throw down a fat hundy. I'll...
4: No, I want nothing to do with that. So are you kidding me? <laughs>
0: Come on, Jen. Fat hundy. You know, like no, just, I would charge
4: extra. Yeah, I would pro- charge
0: probably. extra. Because I got to put in earplugs for this shit. Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, God. Yeah. Jen well, it was great talking to you, too. Can't wait to talk to you again. Love you. Uh, what What am I going to call you? I love sister? You. I don't know. We're not
4: related. That was I,
0: weird. I'm all love just you. Just don't call me
4: Fred Tits, okay? Like, I'm not. That's no,
0: not no, no, no. You're different that. tits. You're Jen <laughs> Tits. You are. Oh, man. You're Jen Tits. Oh, plug, oh, plug, boy. plug. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We should end the segment now.
4: <laughs> Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> woo!
0: Yay! Woo, woo! Yay! Me ending the show again by myself because I'm an idiot and forgot to do it with Sonny. That is the end of show three three six. I am glad we made it through this show together. It was a hard show, but we made it through. Some good stuff. Great conversations. Thank you so much to Sonny and Jen. And of course, thank you so much to Kathy for speaking to us and letting us know where you are at. We love you so very much. If you would like to be a sponsor of Perverted Podcast and join the magical upper echelon of Patreon supporters, please go to patreon.com slash pervertedpodcast. Give us five bucks if you give a fuck. We're just going to keep moving forward and doing shows, get ourselves reorganized here and try to give you the best show we can possibly do. We love you and hope to see you next week on show 337.
1: I am so over you. It only took half the time that I expected it. You are done You're no longer my number one I was in love with you Everyone said that my head Wasn't properly screwed No, You're done You're no longer my I would cry naked for hours Holding your picture, your picture, your picture Wondering if there was ever a time That you loved me or were you just faking? thought my ship had come I climbed aboard in the storm Who'd have guessed this ship would get sunk You are done You're no longer my number one Instinct was my worst friend I let it choose It chose you And now I'm hurtin' again, you are done You're no longer my number one feeling like I would prefer just to die With your picture, your picture, your picture Myself and my soul and my mind Cause you laughed at the heart You were breaking I am so over you You'll be forgotten soon No more distress, I confess My dear, I doubt you'll be missed You are done You're no longer mine